And so today we're coming to the end of the story in the book of Ruth. And this whole series, we've been calling it Life 2.0 because it truly is a story of a life that gets a second chance, a new life, a renewed life, a redeemed life. And we've talked over this series about the fact that um, it's hard sometimes when you're reading just a, four, a short four chapters or when you're just looking at a few things, you can move through it quickly. But the truth is this story takes a lifetime to come to fruition. And that's one of the most difficult things for us. It all starts at a point of crisis for Ruth, and she makes a very important and crucial decision in her life to follow Naomi and to move forward in that way. And here's the truth. We get to flip a few pages and see how that works out. But one of the hardest things in life about making decisions, and especially making wise decisions, is that it takes time to see how it's going to turn out. It just does. You make a decision and then you have to wait. And the truth is, we're always asking ourselves, is, is will what I am doing now really make a difference? Is it the right thing to do? How do I know? And I'm going to go ahead and say this phrase that you've probably said in your life a few times. The truth is this, time will tell. That's it. Time will tell. It, and it takes time for the things in our life to grow and to develop and come to fruition. And the truth is, it's not just making a decision to believe in Jesus. It's then following that decision up with daily decisions to continue to pour myself into him and to follow him and to change my habits and to change my behaviors and to go a different way and to do a different thing. Ruth left everything that she had behind and moved to a new land with new customs and new places and new things and truly was lost and alone had she not been redeemed by Boaz. You know, it truly is a blessing as well as a challenge as you think about how things play over time that every day we have an opportunity for a fresh start. Sometimes that's a blessing, right? Because sometimes we look at it and go, I just need a do-over. I need to start this over. I need to do this differently. I wish I had another shot at this. And the sun goes down, the sun comes up, you wake up and you get another shot. But maybe you're like me too. Sometimes you just go, can we just have Groundhog Day, you know, and just repeat this day over and over. I got it right. It felt good. I liked where things were. I liked how it all worked out. And so there's a blessing and a curse sometimes of the fact that, that, that things are new every morning. And, and the truth is we talked about last week about the importance of drawing close to God. And as I pointed out last week, we, we begin to understand that as we draw close to God, there will be some things in our life that start to come to the surface that God in drawing close to him and walking in the light that he is will start to shine on our life and we'll discover some things about our life that needs to change and that needs to head a different direction. And the truth of that is, the bottom line for us is, it's all found its foundation in the sin struggle that we all have. We all struggle with sin. 
We all struggle with following God's way versus following our way. And so we have to make that choice each day to follow him and not to fall back into our own ways or to sinful ways. And there's no, deni- there's no denying that sin separates us from God. And the truth is that because of our sin, we actually deserve the wrath of God in our life. We deserve the punishment of God. We deserve the consequences of our sinfulness. But this story today and your story and my story as a follower of Jesus Christ tell a different thing is that though we deserved the punishment of God, we instead get his blessing. The psalmist writes this in Psalm chapter 30, verse 5, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor a lifetime. And as Kathy's saying today, may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations, in your family, and your children. That's, that's this idea here of this blessing that's happening. God, though we deserve his wrath and punishment, he chooses to give us his blessing instead. And then as we choose to follow him and we navigate and we learn this new life, we all wish that we would just be handed a road map and God says, if you just follow this, you're going to end up here. It's going to be great. But the truth is only time will tell how things are going to work out. But I will tell you, and I know the testimony of thousands of followers of Jesus Christ that go before me will tell the same story. If you follow him, it will lead to life. And if you're in a difficult place in life right now, it's just a season. It's just a short amount of time. And you have the choice on how you will head into the next season of life. So the Crawfords read, this verse today, this passage out of Ruth chapter 4, where, where Boaz went to the elders and said, I want to redeem Ruth. I want to take on this responsibility. I, I want to, to help this family move forward. And the, the blessing that was spoken over them, starting in verse 11, all the people who were at the city gate, including the elders, said, we are witnesses. May the house of Israel we are, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is entering your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built the house of Israel. May you be powerful in Epaphrathah and in your name well known in Bethlehem. And may your house become like the house of Perez, son of Tamar, bore to Judah. Because of the offspring the Lord will give you by this young woman. And so how important was it for, for the people to not only embrace what Boaz was doing, but to support it and bless it and get behind it, it just meant the world to them. And so the same thing is true that when, when we choose to follow Jesus, there are followers of Christ who come behind us and support us and lift us up and bless us along the way. And so I want to look at what happens when I choose to follow Jesus. And that is the key word. It is a choice. I choose to follow Jesus daily. I choose to walk in his ways. I choose to leave my ideas behind me and choose to follow him. First Peter 3.18 says this, for Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit. Christ did what was necessary. He was the redeemer that prayed the, he paid the price of redemption 
so that we can have life in him. He only had to do it once for all because he was the perfect spotless lamb, the sacrifice that was worthy. And so he did that for you and for me. And we have the choice now, do I trust him, not only believe in him, that he is real and he exists and that he wants me to have life, but do I trust him and follow him with my life? That's really no different all throughout history. We see even the nation of Israel, before Jesus came to this earth, was given a similar choice in Joshua chapter 24. He speaks these words to the people. But if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, then choose for yourselves today. Which will you worship? The gods, your, your ancestors, your, your, the gods your fathers worshipped beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living? And he makes this statement, as for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. So Joshua makes it clear. You can make a choice. You can worship this God over here or that God over there or follow this thing over here. But as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. So you have that choice today as well. Christ has paid the price of redemption so that you can follow him. And so the, what you need to know is that I am redeemed. I'm redeemed. When you choose to put your faith in Jesus Christ, I am redeemed. And maybe you're thinking, Pastor, what, what does that mean I'm, I'm redeemed? It, it means that he paid the price to buy your life back. God gave you life and he gave you choice. And as we sinned and wandered away from him, then we're on our own. And he said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and pay the price and give you the option to come back home and come back to me. And so I am redeemed. Peter writes, writes it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1. He says, for you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. So he's paid the price of redemption that we could never pay for ourselves. I am redeemed, but I'm not just redeemed begrudgingly, or I'm not redeemed out of obligation. I have been redeemed willingly and lovingly by the Father. He offered his son so that we can have a right relationship with him so that no matter where our life has guided us to or wherever the decisions that we have made have left us in life, the moment that we put our faith and our trust in Christ and we begin to walk with him, he leads us back to life. That journey takes time. It doesn't happen in a day. It doesn't happen sometimes even in a single chapter or even a single season. But what doesn't ever change is that the moment that we have faith in Jesus Christ, we are redeemed. The price is paid in full. There is nothing else that is required or necessary other than for us to lay our lives down and give them back to the one who gave us life in the first place. God loves us so much that we have been redeemed willingly by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But not only have I been redeemed when I choose to follow Christ, I am reconciled as well. Now, now what does that mean, I'm, I'm reconciled? That, that means that not only has the price been paid for redemption, but I now have the opportunity 
to make things right again. Some things that have been off balance are unreconciled, now can have an end. Look at what Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, at that time, meaning the time before, the time when you were on your own, the time when you had not chosen to follow Christ, at that time you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the story of Ruth in two verses. That's the story of your life and my life as we choose to follow Jesus in two verses. Without him, we are hopelessly lost and alone. But with him, we now have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And things in our life have been made right because our Redeemer took the initiative. That's something you need to hear this morning. Yes, you have to make a choice. Yes, you have to choose to follow Christ. You have to choose to believe in him. But all of this would be impossible had the Redeemer not first taken the initiative to demonstrate his love to you and to me. And God willingly did that. And so it is not by our works, it's not by our effort that we earn our way back to God. The Redeemer took the initiative and the story is the same for every person on this planet who chooses to follow Christ. It's the story that every follower of Christ has to share. I was once lost and alone and on my own and now by the blood of Jesus Christ, I have the opportunity for new life. I choose him, I follow him, I trust in him, my faith is in him. And as we do that and we gain that story, not only should it be a story for ourselves, it should be a story that we willingly and proudly and boldly share with other people. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 writes it this way, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us. Let me read that again. We are ambassadors for Christ because God is making his appeal for life. He's making his appeal for redemption. He's making his appeal for reconciliation to everyone in this world. He's making it through us now. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's the exchange that was made. That's the reconciliation that has happened. Jesus Christ took on our sin and in exchange he gave us his righteousness. There's not enough good works in the world that you can do to earn the righteousness of God. It was freely given by God through the person of Jesus Christ. And now the story that we all have to share is I once was this way and now God has reconciled my life and as his ambassador, we should share it loud and proud and often that God has made me whole. And in this, we have the opportunity to know that relationships have been made right as well. 
Relationships have been made right, first of all, and most importantly, between myself and God. A relationship that could not possibly be made right had the Redeemer not taken the initiative has been made right because Jesus Christ paid the price so that we can now have a right relationship with God. And here's a word for all of you who may be listening, who may have some relationships in your life that are struggling in different ways. I'm just going to tell you this. It's going to take time and a series and season of trust and faith and right decisions in Christ. But hear me on this. When your relationship with Christ has been made right, then all the other relationships have the opportunity to then begin to fall in line with that. And so that's the importance of this reconciliation that has happened, that Christ has made this relationship with God right, and now as I walk in this way and I follow him, I have the opportunity for other relationships to be made healthy and right as well. But here's the deal, time will tell. Time will tell. So not only am I redeemed, and not only am I reconciled, but I'm also restored to life. I'm restored to life. You see, the Bible makes it clear the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It it is the truth that it, it, it only takes one sin in our life and even though we may want to scale those sins and go, I'm not, my sin's not as bad as this person's sin or whatever, one imperfection, one flaw separates us eternally from God. But because of choosing to follow Jesus and being redeemed and reconciled by him, we have been made right. We are now restored to life. I'll just read this out of Ruth 4 again. I have also required, acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Malon's widow as my wife to perpetuate the deceased man's name on his property so that his name will not disappear among his relatives from the gate of his hometown. You are witnesses today. And all the people who were at the city gate, including the elders, said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is entering your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built the house of Israel. May you be powerful in Epaphrata and your name well known in Bethlehem. That is an awesome restoration. Someone who came as widowed and broken and alone who has nothing now receives this blessing from the people who says you have a second chance at life. You now have a new life. You've been redeemed. You've been reconciled. You've been restored. And now your life has been made new. And you now have a chance to have a new season and a new life, life 2.0, if you will. That's where we're heading on this. So what is behind is now behind. It's no longer relevant. It's no longer meaningful. It's no longer useful. It's old data. And so now we have an opportunity to have a new and restored life to move ahead. I just want to share this too. As I was preparing um, for this message, I I came across uh, some sermons from Adrian Rogers. And he had a quote that he used to say all the time. And and it it was this. I've taken and paraphrased it just a little bit. I'm not loved because I am valuable. I'm valuable because I'm loved. And it's just a profound statement to think about. I'm not, I'm not loved 
because I'm valuable. So I don't have to work to try to make myself valuable to God. I am already valuable to God because he loves me. And when we understand that in our life and we quit trying to earn things that have already been freely given, then it also makes it possible for us to be able to share things that have been freely given as well. If you don't know the love of Christ, the overwhelming and incredible love of Christ in your own heart, it's impossible to share that type of love with anyone else around you. So that's why it's so important that this relationship be made right first. And hear me again, to be restored and reconciled and redeemed, the decision to initially follow Christ only takes a moment, but it takes time of continuing to pursue him, to draw near to him, to follow him, for these things to begin to produce the fruit in your life that you hope and desire to see. And I know you may be thinking, as I mentioned at the first of this, well, are the things that I'm doing now really going to pay off in the end? If you are following Jesus Christ, it will lead you to life. Look at what 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says. See what great love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. I'll read that again. What great love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children, and we are. Once we were separated, alienated, alone, lost, hopeless, and helpless, and now we are the redeemed and adopted and saved children of the living God. And so as we wrap this sermon series up, I think there's really no better thing to say than how awesome is God. How great he is, how wonderful he is that he would do those things for us. So I just want to invite you, our students are going to lead us in just one more song. And as we wrap up this series, let's just make this declaration together, how great is our God.